live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. The 1-1. Bounced on the ground to third. Big hop for Alec Bohm. He's got it. Throws in time. One away. And a cold strike three on the outside corner. 95 miles an hour. The 3-2 pitch. Swung on. Popped up. Shallow center field. Rojas sprinting in. He's under it. He has space. Makes the catch. And Michael Lorenzen has thrown the 14th no-hitter in Philadelphia. as the Phillies shut out the Nationals 7-0. Don't you just get chills hearing that, Sean Robertson, from Tom McCarthy, the voice of the Phillies on NBC Sports Philadelphia, the Michael Lorenzen no-hitter last night, in which I was glued to all 124 pitches. You watched the whole game? I did watch the whole game wow. last night. Okay. I just knew he was going to throw a no-hitter, oh, so I figured it. I wanted to be a part of his. <laughs> you know, somebody had the gall to text me last night after they heard the Phillies have had 14 no-hitters in their history. If I have watched or listened to all 14 of them. Well, that was going to be my next question. Well, but... the first three were like in the 1800s. Oh, okay, with the net so, You know. But I will say the first one was since I've been alive because – uh, that I would have that I would have recognized because it was 1964. I know that's okay. way before your time, but it wasn't before my time. Although okay. I was in my infancy, <laughs> but that was Jim Bunning's perfect game on Father's Day in 1964. Okay, okay. which is an historic event in Phillies history. Mm-hmm. But last night was great. You knew we were going to lead with that today. Robert Oley had sent that play-by-play clip by like 6:30 this morning and said, "This needs no introduction. We're running it at four o'clock this mm. afternoon." Look at that. And, and I did. jokingly told him, you didn't need to email me at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> me and Bob were talking about it last night. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool. And here's why I love baseball so much. And I realize these kind of things can happen in other sports. But maybe it's the romanticism of what happens in a baseball game on any given, what was it, Wednesday night mm-hmm. in the middle of mm-hmm. August, nondescript game, bad Nationals team, Phillies are playing well. But it was Basically a nondescript game. So here's what happens in that game. Nick Castellanos hits 200, which gives him 200 in his career. So that's a select group. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a 28-year-old rookie named Weston Wilson, who I'm sure you have never heard of. Never heard of that one. I hadn't either until the Phillies called him up. Had like 3,000 plate appearances in the minor league. His first major league game, he homers in his first major league at bat. And then... He gets overtaken by Michael Lorenzen pitching a no-hitter. All in the same oh. game. All for the same ticket price if you were one of the 30000 who was in Philadelphia. Like 20 bucks or something like that. No, you know. Wouldn't that have been worth it? Would have been. Absolutely. It, it was a very cool moment. Absolutely. And Michael Lorenzen in just his second start with the Phillies, his first home start ever. What does he do for an encore now? He can retire, right? You can just sit back, hey. <laughs> Nobody could sign a nice long-term contract with the Phillies next year because he is a free agent because <laughs> oh, oh. they just brought him over from the Tigers. You know what that means. At the trade deadline. He's got leverage. His value just went above Aaron Nola's probably. He's got leverage. Nola pitches tonight for them. He better pitch well. Now I was going to ask you, in your years of covering baseball, both collegiately and professionally, 
How many no-nos have you called? Well, none. I have not. I, I, when I was texting last night, I haven't seen any of the Phillies no-hitters in person. They were all either right. TV but I mean, when you, or when you radio. work with the Braves or I want to say at least two. There was one combined one that I remember, and then at least one full no-hitter that okay. I remember with Both the Braves. With the Opera, okay. Yeah, I don't think with the Spiders I ever called one. You really, would th- you would think I would remember that. Well, you can go seasons without a no-hitter this in college is baseball. This is true. Which I think we did. So probably a, a couple of them. Okay. And I would say the one cool thing on the Phillies history front, one of those no-hitters was thrown by Tommy Green, who is former a Richmonder Brave. and a former Richmond Brave. And mm-hmm. I did call his games with the Richmond Braves. So at least I know one of the guys yes. who threw yes. a no-hitter. Carlton threw one, right? Uh, Carlton threw one. Rick Wise Holiday. Jim Bunning. Halliday was the last one before yeah, the playoff um, game, right? Yeah, playoff game against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So there are 14 of them now, and I think 11 or 12 since 1900. So, and I think since 1964, wow. actually. So hey, it was a very cool moment last night. Um, and it helped that the game was basically out of reach. You know, it mm-hmm. was the only drama was whether he was going to be able to make it to the end. Right. 124 pitches, which is a rare thing now. In, in modern mm-hmm. day baseball, because once you get to be around ninety to hundred, that you start you know revering up that uh that bullpen, and sometimes they take you out in the middle of. Yes, the I wondered if that was going to happen last night. So he was at a hundred at the end of seven innings, and I guess Rob Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, went to him and said, "You okay?" And he, of course, he said, "Yeah, yeah. I'm okay." And and he asked him in a different tone. He said, "Are you strong?" And he said, yeah, I'm strong. And Thompson said, I'm giving you 20 pitches. You got 20 pitches, so you better get outs quickly. Mm. So I think in the eighth, he got through the eighth in about nine pitches, nine or ten. So it was at like 110 Mm -hmm. and sent him back out there for the ninth and let him finish. That would have been hard for... Rob to pull him with like two outs in the ninth yes. inning, and he hit them. What he had one hundred and twenty one. Yeah, well, at one twenty four was twenty four pitches. Was the t- so what if so it was a three two pitch to Dominic Smith. Yeah, and he hit it in the center field, which was caught to end it. What if he had walked him? That would have been pitch number one twenty four, and he would have to go to yet another right. batter. At what point do you just draw the line and say? That's, it's, that's obviously, hard. if somebody gets a hit, that's the right. end of it. You take him out. But if he gets a he walk walked. or gets on on an error. Do you let him keep? Man, that's hard. That is that's, hard. That's a hard spot if you're Thompson. Glad he was like saying, I'm glad I didn't have to be in that spot. But yeah. that's that probably was in his in the back of his mind. Like, what do I do? Do I take him out? For sure. And then the reliever gets the one pitch out, and that's the combined no-no. Or does he, hey, let me ride him out and maybe skip him a, skip a start so he can rest up possibly and then come back in the, the next start. He has scheduled. And that's a great point. Obviously, you run the risk of him literally blowing out his arm on pitch number 125. But the Phillies are in a situation right now where they have six starters. So he's already going to get an extra day's rest anyway than Mm -hmm. the normal five-man rotation, Mm -hmm. four days rest. And I think they have a day off in there as well. So they really could move him like a week. That's probably why they decided to to run him out like, hey, we got the, the extra starter. We got an extra day with the day off. Let's give him the shot and not take him out unless he gives up the hit and then we remove him. That's pro- Maybe that might have been a sneaking as well. Can I tell you the only negative to watching that no-hitter last night? Uh-oh. I had to watch it on the Nationals broadcast. Ooh. Because stinking Major League Baseball <laughs> blacks out the local telecast on the MLB app oh, when it's really? the Nationals or, or the, the Orioles, Orioles when you're in the same market. That's Ooh. every sport, Bob. 
So I I don't care if it's every sport. It was my team. I wanted to hear my announcers. Wow. So I wasn't real crazy about that um, last night. How did Bob Carpenter... uh, You know, Carpenter wasn't there again last night. He's missed a lot of games. Mm. Dan Colco, who I think actually is a pretty good young broadcaster. Yeah. Um, And Kevin Franzen is their analyst, who was a Phillies analyst until last year. So I was able to tolerate it. When it's Carpenter and Franzen, or in the old days it was Carpenter and um, Santan- yeah, what was his, his F-P- yeah F-P- 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 yeah. Santangelo, yes. who I hated. <laughs> I I would totally mute, totally mute the sound. You know this baseball geek. You know what this baseball geek has done from time to time. I almost did it last night. Is I can get the radio call, the Phillies radio call mm-hmm. on my phone, but it's delayed about forty seconds or so. That but, long. So I would pause my TV, <laughs> listen to the radio, and try and click pause to put it back to play at yeah. the exact moment <laughs> to pick it up. But I didn't do that last wow. night. Wow. I just watched. It was okay. It was fun. It was good. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for enduring me to allow me to gloat on that. We're flexible here on night. the huddle. I mean, we've got luminaries in the studio today beyond just Sean Robertson. This is a star studded This is of the huddle. Yes. They've taken up. Um, I, I, you know, like rent here or something, because they were here all morning. I didn't know. I did see the tweet earlier that he. Oh yeah, they, bre- they, I was wondering, did they bring breakfast for Big Al? Was they better. Just, did you bring breakfast? You didn't bring breakfast. Wow. And Al still talked to you guys. No breakfast. Either. Wow. And we didn't get lunch. You didn't bring an afternoon. Breakfast. They didn't bring an afternoon snack either. Not nothing. Nothing. But we're, we're still going to put them on the radio. <laughs> okay. We are. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do all, all that. Right. So we got a lot going on today on the sports. Obviously, I'm in a good mood off of what happened last <laughs> night. So uh, thank you, Sean, for allowing me to. And the Phillies gained a half game on the Braves today. They did. The Braves lost. lost. Yes. Split with Pittsburgh. I mean, split, um, not yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's right. No, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Okay. yeah, they lost today 7-5. Five. Five. Yeah. Yep. They're starting pitching getting roughed up. A little bit. Since the All-Star break, you know. Here we go. Got to. Iron out the chinks and everything like that Absolutely. before we get into till we get to September. But this, I guess, this was suspected. They they're trying to reach the finish line, not have any injuries, and sometimes you get into some of these these ruts. And absolutely, yep. All right, he's Sean Robertson from CBS Six. He co-hosts with me each and every Thursday afternoon, and we're in our 1061 ESPN studios. And we are not alone today because we do have a couple of uh, very special guests that we teased all afternoon yesterday and said if you couldn't wait till four o'clock. To find out what it was all about, just listen to Big Al this morning. And he had these guys on this morning. They spent the day here in the RVA. They're back this afternoon. I hear they're going to the Squirrels game tonight. Heard that. So they've got a, they've got a big day today. Let's tell you who they are and what else we'll be talking about on this afternoon's Sports Huddle. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. During these hot summer months, donating blood and volunteering is crucial to the success of the Red Cross. To learn how you can help, visit redcross.org. Well, if you were listening this morning or if you've been on social media today, you know the big announcement that was made here in the capital city and specifically in Henrico County. The Virginia Sports Hall of Fame is coming to Henrico County next year for its induction ceremony, for its 2024 induction ceremony. It'll be held at the brand spanking new Henrico County Sports and Events Center the weekend of April 19th 
and 20th. And in our studio to talk all about it today, Will Driscoll, the executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, and Hall of Famer Tom Yeager with the Henrico County Sports and Entertainment Authority. So both of them are in studio today. So we have a jam-packed studio uh, today. And both of these guys, Will and Tom, were in the studio this morning uh, with Big Al. So we're going to pick up on that conversation this afternoon. They're going to be with us for, oh, probably a half hour or so. Can you guys uh, make it that long? It's a lot of talk in one day. (laughs) For sure, after this morning and this afternoon yeah, as well. All right, so they're going to be with us here for the next half hour or so. We'll take our break. We'll get into all of that, and then we're wide open in the 5 o'clock hour. If you've got questions or comments, uh, Sean's chomping at the bit to talk conference realignment. He already asked me about that. I've been talking about it for three straight days now. Oh, sorry. That's Welcome okay. Welcome back, Sean. Yeah, why, why not one more? You know, I forgot, I, you know, AJ, I have some other things I had to do, you know. Those high yeah. school previews. There, there, there you go, Bob. There's all, lots all of them. All over the place, you know. I know. Wasn't at the kickers game last night because of the high school stuff. So, you know, I digress. Right. And I got a couple of scoop teases for you. Uh-oh. I got information about another athletic Hall of Fame that's coming to our area that you may already know about because it's high school related. I don't know if you do. I don't know. That's one. Okay. And I have a little bit of what I think is a scoop about the Virginia Tech football roster. And a name that is now conspicuously absent from it. I did see that one. You did. I did see that one. I know exactly what. All we're right. talking, we're on the same wavelength. I'm with pretty that sure one. we are, but we're going to do those both as radio teases, like that, and keep people with us until probably the five o'clock hour. Yes. All right. Hang tight, folks. Hang tight, folks. All right. Will Driscoll, Tom Yeager, join us after the break. It's the Sports Out of 1061 ESPN. It's not much of a divisional race in the NL East, but hey, just ask the Mets how that worked out for them last year. The Braves still have plenty of work to do, and you can hear every broadcast here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Yeah, that Perfect time to cut your mic on. Arthur Ashe. Yes, so if you were listening yesterday, AJ and I got into the controversial conversation about the greatest athletes in the Commonwealth of Virginia's history because we were teasing our guests that are here with us this afternoon. We didn't say why they were here yesterday because I wasn't going to break the embargo of the story till 9 o'clock this morning, but I did say that Will Driscoll and Tom Yeager would be in the studio with us, and then we got into the conversation, Sean, of the greatest athletes in Virginia sports history, and we all rattled off about the same first five to eight names, I think. Moses Malone was in there. Ralph Mm -hmm. Sampson was in there. Um, Uh, Lawrence Taylor Taylor. was in there. Arthur Arthur Ashe. We went went on and on, and then I brought up the controversial one (laughs) in Secretariat. And that um, we we dominated the conversation with five or ten minutes. I mean, it, I'm not going to do it right he now. He was but. a competitor. He competed <laughs> he in a sport. He was a competitor. I'm just saying. I mean, I know what he did. He's I not mean, a human athlete. True, but. He's an animal athlete. We don't and say And maybe in the fine print of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, it yeah. says you have to be a human athlete. It, yeah, I'll have to say. I have to, sure. have to check the fine print because if there's no fine print, you, uh, you, would, uh, you would have to put that horse in there. How's that for a curveball, Will Driscoll, executive director of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, to start your appearance with us this afternoon? That is definitely a curveball. <laughs> We're not going to go there. We won't, we won't go there. We are going to go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony next year because it's right up the street from us. How about that? Here at Enrico County, first time ever. So congratulations on that to you and Tom Yeager, who joins us this afternoon as well. Um, Will, give us the background for folks that didn't listen this morning and seen the, the story on, on other news outlets like Channel 6 about how this came to be that for the first time ever moving it out of the tidewater region and bringing it to central virginia and henrico 
County. Yeah, it, it's it's really part of a, a broader strategy for the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And, and I think the, the key word in, in our title is Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And for over 50 years, we've been around for 52 years. For those years, every single year we've done an induction has been in Hampton Roads. But we represent an entire state. And we've really, the, the board of directors, myself, we've really taken the approach that we need to do more around the state. And about six months ago, the idea started circulating between myself, between Tom Yeager, who's in here with us, who's an inductee, but also a member of our board of directors, and Dennis Bickmeyer from the Enrico Sports and Entertainment Authority about what would it take to bring the induction outside of the Hampton Roads market? And uh, it, it, it was falling in line with everything we had been talking about for the previous year or two as, as far as like how we innovate our approach and the right things. The, the, the dominoes fell into place. Let's just put it like that. And, and today we made the official announcement that April 2024, the 51st induction for the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame will be in Central Virginia in Henrico County at the Sports and Events Center. And, and it's something that we're really excited about. We think that it's going to be beneficial not just to the Hall of Fame, but to Central Virginia and, and also to our partners back home in Hampton Roads. You know, the more visibility, the more outreach, the more engagement we provide, it benefits everybody who's involved with the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Is this a multi-year deal for Henrico County and the new a new complex that will be there to host this event? This is this right now it's a one year deal. Okay. So we do have dates back in Hampton Roads in 2025. Uh, that being said, you know, we we are actively looking at how we can do more across Virginia. And whether that's here in Henrico, whether that's southwest, northern Virginia, we want the rest of the state to know that even though we've been based in Hampton Roads for 50 plus years and will continue to be based in Hampton mm -hmm. Roads we we see the whole state and we want the whole state to know one that we exist but two we also want to serve the state our our role is to celebrate athletic excellence throughout virginia and we want to take the hall of fame to people as opposed to always saying come to us uh let me turn literally turn my attention to tom <laughs> yeager this is a little awkward in the studio today full house it is a full house and tom gets the very ugly view of the back of my bald head i'm really i'm really thing. glad that we're not on television here because it's really an awkward feeling and i feel very rude but i've known you long enough that we're fine i know i know you won't care the old saying tom goes it takes two to tango all right so Here's the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame looking to take its show on the road. You guys have all sorts of events already lined up. I was at the press conference a month or so ago. You have a long list of events, and they're all traditional sporting events, right? You're going to play right. basketball or you know right. volleyball, whatever. What about this one where this is not a traditional athletic event? It's a ceremonial event, and kind of the thought process of, A, hosting it, and B, the logistics of how you're going to host this. Well, it, it's really kind of a two-part answer, Bob. Um, you know, we're starting by going to have a permanent Hall of Fame exhibit in the building. Uh, so that's going to also feature uh, the Central Virginian inductees. So there's going to be some extra, uh, uh, you know, extra attention paid to the rich history of Central Virginia. Um, and so then with the opening of the building, the opening of the exhibit, I kind of prevailed, you know, prevailed with, uh, with Dennis Bickmeyer and came to the board and say, we'd like to have the event there. You know, what way to open it? What way to put um, statewide, um, you know, kind of a stake in the ground of, of what the board of directors plan is to expand our touch points throughout the state? And honestly, I want to put a Richmond flair on it. 
you know, I think you've been to a number of them. I think we can do a memorable job and raise the stakes so that when it goes around, you know, eventually from the board, the idea would be that, you know, it's going to be a Northern Virginia year. It's going to be somewhere else. You know, the, the Super Bowl moves around. The Final Four moves around. Um, you know, now, as, as Will alluded to, without a brick-and-mortar museum attached to it, uh, we're going to take the Hall of Fame to the people and not just make the people travel to, uh, you know, one particular location. And, and let me backpedal a moment here, Will, and Tom just alluded to it. For years, there was a brick-and-mortar facility. I had been to it, to it, and it was very nice. It was somewhat interactive, all of that. But times changed. The pandemic hit. Give our audience a little bit of a, a background history here of what, what transpired to take it from traditional museum Hall of Fame to to where we are today. Yeah, so as you alluded to, for, for probably over 45 years, it, it was a, a brick and mortar. Different variations of a brick and mortar, but a brick and mortar nonetheless, all the way from, say, 2,000 square feet, all the way up to a 32,000 square foot museum in downtown Portsmouth from 2005 to 2017. Uh, museums have heavy operational costs and overhead, and the museum itself just became no longer feasible but the hall of fame is not a building the hall of you're not a hall of fame inductee inside four walls the hall of fame is a brand and the brand is only as strong as the people who are facilitating it and how do we tell the stories of the inductees how do we engage the supporters of sports in virginia with the inductees and their stories how do we celebrate sports celebrate athletic excellence how do we use sports as a platform for good that's what the Hall of Fame is now. So moving away from the museum, which closed in 2017, we recognize that to fundraise again for another museum is probably not going to be the right path forward. But what we have done is we've created content around the Hall of Fame and our inductees and topical issues and figures in, in sports in Virginia. We create community initiatives around the brand of the Hall of Fame, really supporting youth athletes. Not everybody's going to be a Hall of Famer, but participating in sports is really important mm -hmm. and we want to be a champion for that and so what we've done while we've been doing all that is recognizing okay while we're not going back to a museum the exhibits do still play a role people still like seeing mm -hmm. jerseys and balls and, and helmets sure. and unique items and so we said well if we're not going to do a museum where should these go and that's when the idea started a couple years ago of let's start looking at celebrating the inductees where they're from I am a 757 native, Norfolk native, born and raised. We take great pride in our 757 inductees or just the athletes that come out of the mm -hmm. region. 804 does the same, 540, 703. So why would we always asking the Roanokes, the Charlottesvilles, the Richmonds to come to Hampton Roads when we can go to them? And the exhibit that which we announced back in April, which will be a part of the Sports and Events Center, was the first step. And this is just the next step. And it's not the final step. This is all a part of a, a broader plan and the process to really become a statewide Hall of Fame. I know each year you guys have a big weekend mm -hmm. of events for the for the Hall of Fame. Is that something that will continue to take place starting next year Absolutely. here in Richmond? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we're basically the the starting point is replicating what we already do, which is three events over two days. But as Tom kind of alluded to, the, the group that we've already put to, in place as far as an organizing committee, they want to put the Central Virginia thumbprint mm -hmm. all over it. 
And so there may be more. What that is, we don't know yet, but we're, we have eight months to really plan a special <laughs> weekend. And, and the one thing I'm really excited about is we had a two-year pause in COVID where we did not have an induction in 2020 and 2021. We've had two coming out of the pandemic and they've been wildly successful. So we're, we're riding momentum. This is not a move because we needed something. This is a move because we see an opportunity to improve and enhance everything that we do and provide that extra visibility, outreach, engagement for the Hall of Fame and our initiatives. In a weird way, did the pandemic kind of accelerate this process to have the Hall of Fame kind of go across the state as opposed to just continuing to be in the Hampton Roads area? I think that you could you could probably say answer that question with a yes, because what the pandemic did was it forced us to be innovative. Mm -hmm. It forced us to come up with ideas. Not all of them were great ideas, but ideas nonetheless. You know, we, we had a lot of time to think. And one thing that became very apparent in, in a lot of our meetings was if we're not going back to a museum, we have to create something that's unique and innovative and special to the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, and I've done a lot of research, and, and I'm not discrediting any other state halls of fame because there's a lot of good ones out there, but nobody else is approaching it this way, where they're doing multiple exhibit presences, they're taking the premier event on the road to additional locations. I think that this is something that Virginians are going to be able to take pride in, that this is ours. Now, while it might not be in, in your home city every single year, it's still something that you can take pride in because now the people who've supported the Hall of Fame for all of these years, now they get to share that with mm -hmm. Central Virginia. Mm -hmm. You know, they get to share that with somebody else. I think you're going to get calls from other states asking, so. how'd you do this? <laughs> how can we do it? I hope um, so. You're, you know, you're on the cutting edge here, but I, I think I think it's awesome. I think it's a, a great idea. I love Tom's, Tom's analogy that, you know, the Super Bowl moves around, <laughs> the mm -hmm. Final Four moves around, why shouldn't the Hall of Fame? move around. So, Tom, you, you also mentioned this display that will be right. permanent yes. at, at the new facility. Um, I'm going to assume this, but but you can verbalize a little better. I assume there's no charge to come see that and all the athletes and families right. that come through for their events, it'll be accessible to them? Right. It's going to be very prominent right off the lobby, entrance lobby, so that on any given weekend, a thousand kids that are bouncing around at tournaments and stuff can go down and start looking at some of the artifact, you know, Arthur Ashe's racket from mm -hmm. Wimbledon, you know, Ralph Sampson's sneaker, uh, you know, you name it. Um, you know, we have uh, 13 Virginia Sports Hall of Fame members that are in the National Football Hall of Fame, the Professional Football Hall of Fame. The most recent one, Rondé Barber, that went in last yeah, week. Right. Um, you know, we have three Metro Richmond athletes that are in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. You know, and so to the to Will's point, you know, to the kids that are going down and seeing those kinds of things and the memories, and we hope to have interactive uh, opportunities there so that you can research all the other athletes that are there. If you're a volleyball player or something and you want to hit volleyball and see who's in from volleyball, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of, of things. So um, it's going to be very, very visible out there. Um, and again, it's it's free. And and one of the things we the the cases the display case I'll put a plug in for the Henrico County Technical Center. You know, and they were built by teachers and students there, and they're beautiful cases. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the things, I'll call you to see if we can get the University of Richmond to sponsor one of them. <laughs> there you, you know, go. You know, it's above my pay grade, Tom. That is a board well, member that works. All the listeners, because also you have some Hokies and some Wahoos yep. and some Rams that are listening to this, too. Because the first one that goes up, there's going to be three right behind it. <laughs> yes, there is. You know, and, and oh, can't forget the tribe. But, you know, to be able to, again, celebrate some of the phenomenal uh, athletes, their stories and their history, you know, from the Commonwealth of Virginia. So wait a minute, I got one more for each of you guys before we take a break and then Sean and I will pepper you with, with more questions. So now wait a minute, you mentioned Arthur Ashe's racket can be in this display case, Ralph Sampson's shoes in this display case. What's the Tom Yeager artifact that's yeah, going to I be? Don't make the Come cut. on, no, you're a Central Virginia <laughs> Hall of Famer. Yes, you got a favorite tie I, or something yeah. that you wore. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Come you on, know. there's got to be something. Well, we'll, we'll get something. We'll from get, Tom. Gotta get we'll something get something from Tom yeah. Yeager. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see. Right? Um, that's not what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to stop by the exhibit, not run, not, by. not fly by. It. All right, and this is burying the headline. I'm going to ask it in a facetious way because I already know the answer to the question but you can accentuate it who's going in the hall of fame when it comes to the henrico county so that's a great question so the the timeline that's a question that we've been asked a lot today so you make this announcement all right who's going in (laughs) well this announcement was to announce the plans for the event the actual class will be announced late november so we we are accepting nominations up until september 1st we accept them year round but to be considered for the next upcoming vote they got to be in by september 1st you can go to our website vasportshof.com. The nomination form is there. Um, From there, we then go through committees. We go through our screening committee that reviews all open nominations because a nomination then has a five-year timeline. And then in November, the Honors Court Committee meets, and that's made up of past inductees, athletic directors, sports information, uh, athletic professionals from across Mm -hmm. the state, and they select the class. And then I take the next couple weeks to reach out to the people selected, make sure they can attend, um, and then we make the announcement once all of those ducks are in a row. So late November is when we will announce the class for 2024. So we got three months to get excited about that. And then from that, we have five months to get excited about the events that will take place next April. I didn't hear media members. Oh, there, oh, there are plenty, plenty of media members. members. Plenty of media. Oh, okay. yes. Once upon a time, I was on the media committee. <laughs> really? I think the media committee has probably been coaches. disbanded, has it? Or it has not. It's it still there. Not. It's I still just there. got dropped from it or something. I served, <laughs> well, I don't know, like five Bob, Yeah, it was, it was like five years. <laughs> Athletes, coaches, contributors. Yes. Oh. Yeah. No, okay. it, yeah, no, there was, there's very definitely a media presence. Okay. Didn't well, there's, yes. a, there's a media representative every year. That's correct. That is correct. Okay. All right, more with these guys coming up. I got a few more questions. I'm sure you do too as well, Sean. Uh, Will Driscoll, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, Tom uh, Tom Yeager. Tom Hunt, who? (laughs) Tom Yeager, Hall of Famer, (laughs) with us as well. We'll be back to talk more about it in a moment. Sports Town on 1061 ESPN. Please continue to listen until we give you the all-clear sign. Your cooperation is appreciated. Here on your home for sports in Richmond, 1061 ESPN. Arthur Ad. All right, welcome back as we uh, chat some more Virginia Sports Hall of Fame with Will Driscoll, the executive director, and Tom Yeager is here as well, representing uh, Henrico County and the Sports and Entertainment Authority and the Hall of Fame ceremony coming to Henrico County uh, Saturday, uh, April 20th, with some events on Friday, April 19th. I'm just looking at, at the press release here, Will, and I know you talked when Sean asked you that question a, a little bit earlier, but this is a full weekend mm-hmm. for these inductees and for people who are involved. It's not just the ceremony. 
county. Right? No, and, and one thing we've really tried to do, especially in the last five years, is is create opportunities for everybody. Because we, we recognize an induction ceremony is, is what it is. It's it's speeches. And luckily, we're, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of personable inductees who can speak really well and give great speeches. But is that where you want to bring your 10, 11, 12-year-old to meet their hero? Probably not. So come to the breakfast. That's where you get a Q&A with the induction class, potentially an autograph or two. Uh, on the Friday night, it's a very intimate sponsor reception You know, for our, for our top-level sponsors. That's when you get the Ryan Zimmermans, the D'Angelo Halls, one-on-one. You get those touch points. And so we really try to create three events at minimum, because like I said, we who knows what this Central Virginia flair is going to look like. But at minimum, we try to create three events that give the sports fan an opportunity to choose how they want to mm-hmm. engage and interact with the Hall of Fame that weekend. And it's it's turned into a pretty good formula for us over the last five years. Hey, Tom, I wanted to ask you this because you're on you were on the I guess the committee to bring the new complex to Henrico County. Once that started, mm-hmm. how high on the list was the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame having that come to Central Virginia? How high was that on the list to say, hey, if we can get this complex built, I want that Hall of Fame ceremony here? Well, it's it's interesting because uh, the Hall of Fame board meets kind of at the Virginia Beach Sports Center, and there's a small exhibit there. Mm-hmm. All right, so when this thing started, I'm going like, wait a minute, <laughs> and Reichel's building one, and we're going to make it bigger mm-hmm. than this one, <laughs> and um, so that started, and then it, it kind of dovetailed also into as as Will said, there's there's no specific brick and mortar building anymore. That and the idea from the board is let's bring our exhibits to where the people are, you know that that now a number of the exhibits in Virginia Beach are in office buildings mm-hmm. that are you know very busy, but you know unless you have business in the office building you're probably not going to go buy it. Well, these sports centers, the one in Virginia Beach and and obviously with Henrico's when it comes online, is going to have sports families mm-hmm. there constantly. And so that became, and then it was complete support with Dennis Bickmeyer, with the Sports and Entertainment Authority, with the county manager. Everybody was on board, and um, and like I say, we involved the schools in building the building the display cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're thrilled to death and excited about that opportunity. And I was going to ask uh, Will in regards to fitting this in the schedule because we've talked about how busy yeah the the complex will will be in next year how were you able to kind of fit that date when what was it four it was 40 of the 52 I weeks onto it early we were scheduling around this oh, okay okay but actually that's a great question because you try to hold it about the same time every year yeah, right? yeah. We, we typically like the the last or the second to last weekend in april that that's kind of become a good sweet spot for yeah. us um understanding in the event space there's never going to be a perfect weekend for mm-hmm. everybody but this weekend seems to to be the best for us and and luckily, we, you know, having a board member and an inductee who's got the ear of the the Enrico County folks, that that definitely helped. Yeah, really, really cool. So, if our audience is intrigued by this mm-hmm. and excited by this, who can attend this? Well, everybody. This is something that is open to everybody. When we put out the the event information later this fall, you know, tickets are open to the public. T- tickets for the breakfast for. 
the induction reception and ceremony that that's open to the public, obviously at a ticketed cost. Um, sponsors, things of that nature. And, and as we add potentially add events or other engagement opportunities, our goal is to, to make this open to as many people as possible. We want, we want the sports fans to be able to celebrate the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame with the inductees. You know, the sports is, a, is, is really unique in how it offers engagement opportunities. And we want to make sure that we're not limiting those, that we are providing those. Hey, hey, Tom, let me go a little kind of inside baseball, a little inside sure. radio here now. Have you figured out yet what the capacity is going to be for this event? Because you're not putting people in the stands here, right? You're putting people at tables and chairs, and you got catering, I assume, you're going to have to well, deal with and, and all we, of that. No, the design is is uh, really kind of the opposite. We're going to use a portion of the back back of the house right. thing as the reception area. Mm-hmm. going to be heavy-duty reception. We're going to walk into then the main arena. Some of the bleachers are going to be out. It's going to be curtained off. If you saw a little bit of the NFL um, induction mm-hmm. you know, this past weekend, similar to that, there's going to be a stage, going to be backlit, going to be big video screens. Uh, it's going to be intimate. They're all chair-back seats. Uh, we're not uh, limited to like the size of a hotel ballroom. Right. And knowing a couple of the people are in the pipeline, there could be some really big interest. And so, no one's listening but us right now, Tom. You can yes. tell us. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Try, Sean, right? There's an embargo on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. does embargo mean, Sean? I don't, I don't know what I that can't means. say anything well, at that Sean time. Sean and I were playing in the parking lot before yes. we came in about yeah, who's not in yet. You know, I so, went through a, I went through a few, and there was one that I didn't, I thought was in and was not in, and could be in. Yeah, by 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 that date. Well, there's a tease for you. <laughs> yeah. And don't say it while we're in the room. No, yeah, yeah. no. So, um, you know, so it, it does have. We have a bigger capacity That's to be great. able to yeah. fill it in and and really treat. Um, I think people that want to come and see some of these folks, and 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 also make a renewed effort to try to get some of the uh, present inductees in. Yes. You know, come down yes. to support right. the event. I yep. mean, I think one of the neat things about the Pro Football Hall of Fame is seeing all the mm-hmm. the former inductees and sharing mm-hmm. that those yep. experiences uh, and seeing people come in and, and the stories. You know, so often um, there's a big perception that the athletes have had a golden ticket all the way through their lives, and you know when you hear their stories and what they've, you know how hard they work to overcome, you know some of those challenges. Uh, it really is uplifting, and it's a message that a lot of people could really take mm-hmm. some time to hear. For sure. And, Will, I, I know you, you mentioned that, you know, Hall of Fame ceremony is what it is. It's a lot of speeches. But if you get the right people, mm-hmm. those can be highly entertaining, like Tom Yeager, oh, yeah. of for example. But the one, the one I will harken back to for just a moment, and if you get a chance, you can Google it. On YouTube in 2014, the Hall of Fame inducted both Lou Wacker, who played mm-hmm. football at Richmond and then was a longtime coach at Hamden Sydney and Emory and Henry, and Sean Casey mm. in the same year. And I've, it, I've heard tell of Sean uh, Casey's speech. My my stomach still hurts. I laughed so much. <laughs> Lou Wacker's maybe one of the most underrated, funny, heartfelt speeches of all time and they were in the same class. Mm. I've never had such a good time at speeches. So it can be highly entertaining. This past induction, this past April, I always give remarks kind of welcoming everybody. And and I I remember what I said specifically. I said, when you listen to these speeches tonight, you will laugh because there's always a comedian Mm -hmm. in the group. Absolutely. (laughs) I said, you will think 
and there's a good chance that you'll cry as well. And I told, I told the 500 people in the room that night, I said, just remember that it's sports that made you feel that way. Laugh, cry, think. I said, sports is the, is the driver that brought these emotions on. That's why this is important. That's why I think taking this event to a new audience, maybe, maybe a, there might be some crossover. There may be people who've come down to us over the last 50 years that now they don't have to travel and stay overnight. Sure. But I think putting it in front of a broader audience like I said, it's just going to be beneficial to everybody. And, and sports has that unique way to just bring people together. And we're, we're over the moon about it. There's I your like speech that. right there. I was going to sound like that. <laughs> yeah. It makes you think, think laugh, yeah. and cry. Yeah. And sports is the reason why. Sports is the reason why. I like that. I'm going to write real. that down yeah. for, my, for, for <laughs> when I do that next when year. You, when you MC. Yeah, right? I like me, that. Me too. Me too. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I was going to ask you yeah, quick about one um, more. I know, you know, not to discredit what Hampton Rose has done over the years yeah. with the ceremony. But do you get the sense this is adding some more energy, some more juice? It's giving the committee members, you know, that extra jolt a little bit to come up with, like you said, more unique ideas to maybe, like you said, take this on the road and do other uh, innovative ideas. Has that has have you gotten the sense that there's there's some little more pep when when you're talking about this year's or next year's Hall of Fame? I think anytime you do something different. You know, you have to do it right. Yeah. And you have to get the right people in place to help facilitate it. And we have a great home in Hampton Roads. And like I said, we're going to whatever we're taking. We're, people want to look at this as you're taking it away from Hampton Roads. No, we're we're moving an event to a different place. But our goal is to now replace it with something else that we can do in Hampton mm -hmm. Roads next year. So we want to keep adding. But what is exciting is that you have people who who have seen what we do and now they want to be a part of it. And that's what excites everybody, myself, the board, and, and hopefully our present and past mm -hmm. inductees, our supporters. They, people have seen a successful event in Hampton Roads and have said, we would like that here. And that's what really excites us is that what we've done has spoken for itself. Mm -hmm. And now we get to bring it to somebody else. And, and I, I hope that answered the question. No, it did. It um, did. Because it's... The, the more we can do around Virginia as the official Sports Hall of Fame for Virginia, and that is true, that's written in the General Assembly Code, the more we can do around Virginia, it only helps us fulfill our mission. It's you, really great. Because, you know, I, I want to say stagnant, but you don't want to get to a point where it's mundane to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. The and worst I, thing you can say is that's the way it's always been done. Right. Yeah, and Sean, I, I'd say, you know, you, we often hear the term, you know, the next level. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm involved with this. Dennis is involved with this. The county's behind this about we're taking it to the next level. You know, we want to reestablish the benchmark for future times. If Northern Virginia can come in and do it better, great, because when we get it back, we're going to beat them. You know, and, I like the competition. Too, yeah. Yeah, There's exactly. no competitiveness left in this guy, yeah, is it? Exactly. Wow. But that's the plan. Yeah. That makes it great. That, yep, that will absolutely. make it great. All right, we got we got to roll. I got one off the beaten path thing for each of you. Give me like thirty seconds, and I think people will can hear your voice, the tone of your voice, the way you handle yourself in front of a microphone. Uh, give me a quick little bit of your background, and I know your wife's in television news. Yeah. Also, you've been hosting some sports talk down there in the Hampton Roads area. What? Yes, he bit, has. Yeah. Oh, so. I've been, I've been, I was helping out our our one of our media partners at home, the ESPN radio mm -hmm. affiliate down yep. there. They they had a transition from afternoon host, so I helped them out in July. But my background was actually in, in broadcast journalism and television. 
So I uh, I worked for local TV affiliates in hotbeds of the U.S., Fairbanks, Alaska, and Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Wow. <laughs> and so my, my wife and I, we met working at competing TV stations in Johnstown, and then she ended up getting a job at my hometown station, Wavy TV, mm-hmm. in uh, in Hampton Roads, and she's been the morning anchor there for the last 12 years. <laughs> so that, that's one of the Alaska. main Without her, I'm probably not at the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. I'm probably still... <laughs> In Fairbanks, Alaska, or something. Huntsville, Alabama, B, somewhere like that. Getting about dinner rides and dog sled events and stuff like. That. Absolutely. All right. That's not a joke. That's true. That, that is true. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, you were a college conference commissioner for thirty-one years, right? Yeah. Tom, if you were a college conference commissioner today, and I don't mean in the CAA, I mean in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or the, what would your life be like right now? Oh, it, it's miserable. <laughs> okay, uh, there's no other way to say it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we went through it twice when I with the mm-hmm. colonial. Yeah, uh, there's nothing more difficult, um, you know. And you know, the Pac-12 is an icon, you know, as a as a group of schools, and you know, it's not going to exist. Um, so, and all the well, you know, there's been a lot of turnover, but all the commissioners knew each other. Mm-hmm. Our families knew each other. Mm-hmm. We went to meetings together we, the the wives and kids hung out together so it it was business but it was personal too and and that was awful you know i it's hard it yeah. is absolutely brutal I, you, you seem happy in what you're doing now <laughs> oh yeah certainly oh, yeah. compared to that yeah. Uh, yeah. keep at it great job in getting this to Thank Henrico you. county we can't we can't wait uh, for it to happen and and well i know you've had a long day here for sure so we appreciate it i guess you're you. going to the squirrels heading tonight? out to the squirrels game tonight yeah so you made a full day of it here. full day so. and uh, luckily there's three lanes on 64 <laughs> back to <Hampton> Reds <laughs> yes, now, so it'll be yeah. a little bit of an easier yeah. drive just got to get through that tunnel yeah and, and you guys got involved in this this morning right channel six is that right yeah mm-hmm. you guys yep. i heard lane was there i you know me and tom had a casual conversation <laughs> about it i knew nothing yeah, about sp- it so spoke to lane this morning but if we throw in a plug for you, Bob, one of the features on Friday is that our radio partner, i.e. you guys. Mm-hmm. That's us. Uh, usually do live drop-ins with the inductees. We nice. deliver them to you. So yep. Look you at get, that. Get, get working on your questions. I'm very excited. So you come to us and we give you the content. That, Look at yeah. this. Maybe I need to switch before my Friday night game. Come here and we'll do the interviews. We will. There, there you go. go. We'll, I like that. We'll, we'll line them all up. I like we, that. We can get them, get them all. We'll, we'll get them all Exclusive. In there. How about that? That? That that's kind of fun, right? I like that. Well, I'm glad that we're one of your partners, Tom. We appreciate that, and I know Al had a good time with it this morning with mm-hmm. you guys, right? I, I listened to most of that. Was there anything really off the beaten path that he uh, with Al? Yeah, Al the whole thing must Al's have been right. Always off the beaten path. <laughs> Al, Tom Yeager said that, not me, not me. I, but, I, I will say one thing. You guys were talking about the Phillies no hitter last night. Sure were. I I attended Kevin Millwood's no hitter. Really? I was a junior in college at Temple University, and I attended his no hitter at the old Vet. Yeah, not That's even the fo- Bay. Another former Brave. Not even the Bay. That's bank. right. Kevin Millwood was a Brave here. Yeah, too. When one he nothing one. game. Ricky Leday hit the home run, oh and he made a diving catch to save the no-hitter. Wow. So On now, are you a Philly fan? I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan. My, okay, I have fair New England, I have New England okay. roots. But so you just went to Temple. Just went to Temple. Wow. Yeah. But you happened to be there. Happened to be there. That, it was Dollar Dog Day. Oh, $6 student tickets, dollar dog day. There's always a reason to go to a baseball game. You never know when a no-hitter might break out. I guess that's the... That's crazy how two former Braves pitch no-hitters. For one of their arch rivals, right. the Phillies. That's crazy. I forgot about that because Kevin Millwood was on the Braves when I was doing the Braves, actually, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So, Man, that's pretty that? cool. Good, good trivia. 
All right. All right, guys. Thank you again very much. Uh, Will Driscoll, Tom Yeager, uh, great success. We wish you with this project and can't wait to see it next year. And we can't wait to see the building opening in October. Yes. October. Mid-October. Keep those uh, right hard hats handy. Two months. Yeah. They may yeah. ask two you to months. start nailing I got some. two of them in my car. If yeah. you want to come out <laughs> now, <laughs> we'll All right, guys, thanks. We'll be back with the 5 o'clock hour after AJ figures out what to do with that commercial break that I just totally bypassed. Already handled <laughs> He's it. Got it was a pleasure. He's a Hall of Famer in the Producers <laughs> Hall of Fame. AJ is there. 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle. Uh, coming back after the break on 106.1 ESPN. <laughs>